There we go. Hitting the on button does help. It helps. Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. And I'm Darren. And today we're going to be discussing a game called Stories Untold. Stories Untold was released in 2017, February 28th. It is from the developer No Code, and it was apparently originally a hit episode, as they call it, called The House Abandoned, but I didn't play that. I'm pretty sure that I got this game in a bundle of some kind and got it because it was uh, recommended by, I think, extra credits at some point. And it just seemed so different that I was ready to kind of jump in. Uh, At the time that I played it, it was also October, so I was in the mood for something creepy and a apparently it was supposed to be creepy so this is kind of where i wanted to jump in it is a game in kind of four parts each one feels a little bit different it's its own thing it's kind of tricky to talk about without giving spoilers but i do think that it is quite an interesting game it's a relatively cheap game as well even at even at base price it's only about 10 bucks but it can go on sale for up to 75% off. So it's at two fifty, dollars it's definitely worth it. Uh, how long did it take you to beat the game? I think I did almost, it was almost like an hour per chapter for me, something along those lines, maybe a little bit less for the last chapter. But it was about a three or a four hour game. I would say anything like $5, I would say it's probably worth it. Oh yeah, if you can get it for five, that's that's a good price for this Kind of, I'd say it's a puzzle-solving, text-based adventure with some uh, first-person aspects thrown in and a kind of I, creepy overall. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a horror story, but I mean, they, they're billing it as a horror, aren't they? I mean, that's their tagline, isn't I it? I think that certainly Chapter 1 could fit that. Chapter 1 scared the pants off me, actually. <laughs> so I would say it can. I, I suppose that it could fit that, but I think it's much more the fact that each story is its kind of own story. And I would say that they are trying to go for horror for all of them, I think, at least uh, in slight. But can't really talk about that now without giving things away. So, But it's not the kind of typical jump-scare horror that we see a lot of now. It's much more creepy, atmospheric horror, which we both prefer and is about the only kind of scary movie scary game kind of thing that you do anymore yeah it's got like a creeping kind of tension to it that is yeah i like that a lot about this game it is definitely something that to me felt very unique you pointed out the fact that there is a game called 321 which is similar to this i would not say it's the same you were kind of saying oh it's the same it's the same it's very similar to this that one is free And worth trying, but it is a very frustrating game. This one doesn't feel so frustrating. This one feels very easy to work with. It's polished, for sure. And it also feels very... I think part of the reason that the atmosphere works so well in this game is that it is a very immersive environment that you get thrown into. Uh, About the only way to make it any more immersive would be to have it in VR. And... Even then, I'm not sure how well that would work, but that's just because I don't have a VR set. I haven't used it. But it feels very immersive to be touching the things kind of, even just through the keyboard and mouse and the way that it works, 
feels like I'm there. And it does that better than most games, to be honest. There are some minor puzzles, but it's not a overly complicated puzzle game. Would you agree with that? Or The game itself has even put in a disclaimer. We talked and kind of joked about how they're trying to describe to young people what a text-based adventure game is. And they're like, but you might not know the right commands. That's part of the fun, you know? <laughs> they're, trying to, they're trying to package it. Like, this is how we had fun in the Stone Age. But yeah, I can see it being maybe a little bit odd and for people who have never ever even seen these kinds of games. I grew up playing these games when I was a kid. Um, the Hobbit, um, The Pawn is another great one. There's so many of these text-based adventures. Even things like King's Quest um, were uh, text-based to some degree. All things I didn't play. <laughs> My text-based experience was typically Fahrenheit 451, yep. Carmen Sandiego, Mm-hmm. And maybe just some random others that I I was able to play at a friend's house. But typically, I missed out on this whole era of games. I think as well, it was maybe more of a European or UK kind of phenomenon. Because in the States, you guys all had Nintendos and stuff and consoles. I grew up with like, well, in fact, in this game, in Chapter 1... The computer that you're playing on is an exact replica. It's got a different name, but it's the exact same computer that I had. Yeah, see, I had something like it, but it was not nearly so powerful. And it was kind of a pain to work with. Yeah, because mine was a Spectrum 48K, you know, and it was like... So we didn't have a lot of processing power. And yeah, so these text-based games were fairly popular because they were A, easy to program. B, they didn't require so much memory. And oh, so, but you had to flip. Well, you were using a cassette, right, for yours. Yeah. Whereas Fahrenheit 451, I played on floppy disk, and you get to certain parts of the game, you have to flip the disk over or put in the other disk. You got like eight discs that come with it, yeah. But yeah, so part of this game is a little bit of a nostalgia trip, but I don't think it's a nostalgic game. I think it's a game for modern audiences that happens to have some old school stuff in, and for good reason um which we'll get to later on yeah i would recommend it i, I it'd been on my wish list for a long time and i just hadn't got around to buying it because i didn't want to pick it up because i didn't have time to play it yet and my backlog is getting longer every day so but i'm glad i picked it up eventually it came on sale it came it came to me at a price that i couldn't refuse pretty much and it's like okay well now's the time and you'd actually you'd actually started playing it first and i decided like okay I'll have to tag along now and do this together. And what a trip. It was a great game. Short but gold. Highly recommend it. Uh, that takes us into our spoiler section. So mm. beware. Spoilers ahead. Go and play it. It's not a long game. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you can go play it and come back later today yeah. and listen to the rest of the episode. You ready? Chapter one. Spoiler section. So, listeners, I am less prepared than Darren today. <gasps> I'm here with very few notes, and he's here with pages of notes. So this is another one where he's going to get to run the show. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, so let's... Uh, you said you wanted to go chapter by chapter, right? I think that's a good plan. That's fine. Yeah, let's do it. So, <laughs> like, That's fine. Like I'm just like giving you permission to do it that way. Yes, yeah, so chapter one, honestly, my favorite chapter. Oh, really? Yes, I think so. Uh, I think if I had played the house abandoned and then played this and 
if it's the same thing and I got to chapter two of it. Oh, like it, it's okay, but it's not as good. Chapter one is the one that just really gives me the most as far as story and immersion. And I, I didn't really know what was going on. So when you get in to the game and I, I love the intro, the kind of, uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, kind of, uh, but even even more so, like, because it's got images and things going on. I I love the look of that. I love the fact that you get into the game, and there you are with this old computer with a cassette in it, right? And the monitor that's probably just a TV. And I I like that. But at first, I was really irritated, because I went, well... Yeah, that looks good. Ha ha, I'm playing on an old computer. But it only takes up like half the screen or a third of the screen. I'm like, why are they taking all that monitor space away from me as the player? Couldn't we just look at the computer and then go, ha ha, okay, I'm playing in an old computer and then bring the full screen up? I didn't realize what they were doing. Right, yeah. I thought they were being overly pushy with this imagery that they were giving me not realizing the fact that oh no that's actually important what's going on outside of this computer is going to be very very important and i think that that is why the first one gets me because i had no idea what i was in for and it totally surprised me like a number of times yeah yeah that creeped me out for sure that one especially when just things start happening when like the alarm goes off yeah <laughs> uh and you have to type into the computer you know uh turn off alarm or turn on light when you start doing things that affect the world around you yeah so creepy <laughs> and when you say things like open the door and all of a sudden the door opens and you hear it yeah and most of that is just sound effects it's just all imagination and that is something that i do kind of miss from that era you had to use your imagination in in order to see what was going on and so i think that that would be the other thing about this one is just it's so much about my own imagination whereas the others were a bit more i don't want to say in your face but they're a bit more explicit this is what you're looking at this is what's happening yeah, so the, in chapter one, that that computer, I owned that very computer, and that is... So is that a real computer? I thought they'd made up the... They made up the name. It was called okay. like a Futuro or something like that in the game. Um, but it's a, an exact replica of the ZX Spectrum uh, Plus 2, which is... There was two different versions of the 128K. One of them was the Plus 2, which had a tape deck, which was the one that I had. And there was a Plus 3, which had a floppy drive which i never had that was too fancy because uh, i had all my cassettes from the 48k days it's like there's no way i'm rebuying them all but yeah so it's a, it was a zx spectrum 128 uh, plus two and that immediately was like a nostalgia bomb just detonated on the screen in front of me which was quite nice but again for me that again that sets up the time of when this is taking part it brings back all those memories of the games that i used to play and I'm very familiar of this setup. Like you said, it's not a monitor, it's a television. You know, you would hook that up to your TV. I can understand why you're saying, like, why am I not just, like, in the screen? Because I see all the other stuff. It's funny, though, that you say that, because the thing is, we're now back 
to that point again in technology where it's quite common to hook your yeah true. computer up <laughs> to your TV. And yeah, in some cases, it's, it's even better. A lot of people hooking their, their PCs up to their 4K televisions now and getting amazing results. I would say that um, the first game is, yeah, it's like you're playing a game, playing a character who's playing a game who is then being controlled by that person. It's just like there's too many layers. And when I was playing this game, and this is something we're, we're obviously going to talk about at the end, but this whole the whole game from start to finish reminded me of an episode of Black Mirror, basically. And I don't want to get into too much detail about... Because we, we want to talk about that. We want to talk about, talk about that at the end. But it was like, it reminded me, like it was more like, a, even with the opening, like you said, it's like got this like a credit scene, like an opening movie TV show uh, scene. And even the developers said that they put that in there for a reason. And it wasn't just to look cool. It was for the third chapter. Or, fourth chapter. Sorry, for the four, it was for the fourth chapter. Um, so that they could... It, it wasn't just a... Oh no, would that make it a gimmick? <laughs> um, it's basically a plot device. Yeah. Because... It, that's the other thing too is that uh i liked it better when i thought they were all individual stories and by the time i got to the third one i was suspecting that they weren't because in the second one and the third one i think i had the same name yes and yeah. so that kind of clued me in that something's going on uh but again we'll we'll talk about that at the end so you go in the first time and yeah, everything's normal and happy and then the second time all the descriptions are awful everything's run down even the note in your hand that you keep on referring to changes and the writing it's all oily and greasy and stuff the game by the end of it is you obviously know why all these like the all the references to oil and all the references to kind of blood and everything you get that by the end of the game like why they've been used but that's what I like about this game. Throughout the whole thing, they've kind of not really been throwing it in your face. They've used all of these kind of devices quite subtly, I guess. Um, and yeah, the first game, I had no idea what was going on. You can, kind of can, did. Can I say that? <laughs> you, you said it reminded you of something else. Yeah. I mean, it reminded me of, well, 321. It also reminded me a lot of Dear Esther. And that is not even remotely the same kind of game. But it's just this there's just the feeling that I got from it. Like the whole like we said, like what we talked about it, the whole um coma plot or insane asylum plot. Um there's also a book called The Bridge by Ian Banks, which this game really reminded me of. Um, which is about a guy in a coma. And this game is a mixture of both of those, I guess. He he is in a coma, and then he's in a mental hospital, I guess, for being treated for depression or some kind of psychosis. I mean, I don't want to say, yeah, I knew it from the start. I kind of did. But at the same time, even though I thought I knew where the story was going, I wasn't like, oh, well, I've seen this before and done it. I was intrigued, and I wanted to go into the rabbit hole. I was wondering how much I could do. This is one of the things with, the old games, the text-based games, where you're never really sure exactly how far you can push things or what commands might magically do something. And it's one area where I do feel the game let me down a little bit, 
is that it was very linear and very straightforward and there wasn't a lot of bonus funny things that I could get away with or interesting things that I could get away with that weren't. Now, I don't have all the achievements, so maybe there are some commands I didn't try that I should have or some things I didn't find in the game, but I really felt like I was at every turn trying to explore not the direct linear line of where the story was going, but trying to see. So when the second version, the dark version in chapter one happens, I was trying to go everywhere in the house that I possibly could, not just going straight up to the bedroom, which could have ended it very quickly, and I knew that's where I was supposed to go, but I wanted to see what was going on in the rest of the house. I wanted to see if there was something else, like a secret that I hadn't seen before that now I could, which you do get to in the fourth chapter, but it's pretty in your face at that point. Yeah, the fourth chapter, I was running around. Like, in the first chapter... <laughs> yeah, and so I think it's the fourth chapter that annoys me the most with that because I was really trying to do something different, and you couldn't. Yeah, in the first chapter, I just kind of was... I just went with the flow and was like, what would I do normally? without? I didn't, I didn't want to try and break the game, basically. I just wanted to just go ahead and let's see. Okay, I know what you want me to do and it, it's creeping me out. I want to keep that suspense going. So I don't want to break that and be like, oh, go on to check out the bathroom. Like, no. Obviously, I did. <laughs> I was like, what else is here? No, I was like, okay, go up the stairs. Oh, I can hear the breathing. He's right behind me and stuff, you know. But by the fourth chapter... And that, yeah, again, that's the worst chapter of the game for me. It really fell flat, but it didn't fall flat so bad that it ruined the whole experience. But by the fourth chapter, uh, well, I was trying everything to, okay. to no avail. So let's let's kind of shelve that now because we're both, I, I think, chomping at the bit to take down the fourth <laughs> chapter. But let's look at chapter two. So chapter two is called The Experiment. Or at least that's what I've named it. <laughs> it was a very... I love chapter I'm two. I'm feeling it first because now you're not just with the monitor. You have to go over to the side and read the instructions. And I did find chapter two to be a little frustrating at times. One of those was the fact that you couldn't have superfluous equipment running. Yeah. So if you accidentally had something else running that wasn't supposed to, then... You would think you'd done everything right, but there was, it, it wasn't always obvious when something else was running too. Sometimes uh, the monitor, knowing which kind of spectrum to have it lined up for, didn't seem like that was very clear. But these were minor kind of, these were minor kind of problems that were easily overcome. I mean, I did get through it rather quickly. But the biggest problem I would have, and I don't know if this was me playing and I had a glitch or if this was you as well, uh, right at the end of the chapter, when we have to input a code that's not written in English, which uh, is written the flashing in, symbols, the flashing symbols uh, for mine, they were so close to the screen and moving so quickly that I just found them virtually impossible to see. Yeah. Did you have that problem as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, there were, and even parts of them were cut off. I think 
it's supposed to be. I, I mean, I, I like that. I, I like things like that in games. I, I like the idea of it. I just would have liked if it wasn't so... I don't know. It felt like it was difficult just for the sake of it being difficult. When they could have slowed it down a little bit. It, that's fine. If it has to run through the cycle and I have to pay attention, that's fine. But the speed at which they did it and the fact that I couldn't see the whole symbol just... I think at the beginning there's an epilepsy warning, and I think it must have been for that right. scene. Yeah. And after a while, like I just started to feel like I was getting a headache, and I'm, like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I did go through and find a walkthrough for that. I went, I know what's going on, yeah, but it's just irritating me to try and do it. It's not an interesting puzzle. You know, uh, I, I think that's where, like, if it was an interesting puzzle... And it was a challenge because I had to mentally figure it out. But no, it's just more kind of a, a reaction puzzle. Yeah, I mean, for that, all you, I mean, all you have to do is just focus on one, because you've got four, basically four quadrants, I guess. <laughs> and you cannot look at all of them and be like, okay, that's what they all are. Like, that's, that would be impossible, unless you're a rain man. But yeah, you choose your quarry and you're like, you look for that, that, symbol, that one symbol and you're like, right, this is the one that I'm looking for. I need to find that. And you focus on that corner until you get it. Then once you put that in, then you choose the next one. And I, I liked it because it's like, imagine those symbols. Those symbols are basically, you're being talked to telepathically by this, well, GLaDOS core. And yeah, it's just in your mind's eye. It's just like these flashing crazy images. So it's like, yeah, I like that puzzle. The, 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 the second chapter for me was better than the first chapter. The third chapter was the best for me see i don't i think for atmosphere the first one by far gets me every time the second one i don't know i kind of like going through the steps i like the mystery behind it all like cause we, you had no we didn't idea. know what was going on then we see uh at one point you get a heart started and you get to see that on the monitor yeah then it explodes <laughs> and then it says oh now you need to drill a hole in it yeah and, like you make it alive and then start up the drill. I think <laughs> like that's it. Very... No, you no, you you use sonic waves, and then you push the heart too far, and the heart explodes. And then you're like, okay, now we need to drill the casing of what's inside the heart. You don't drill the beating heart. You, oh, you, okay. you explode the heart first. But I liked all that stuff, and like that level reminded me. The reason I loved that level is because it it was straight out of mist. It was it was a complex, overly complex machine that you had to work out. How to operate, and that's my that's my jam. <laughs> I love that <laughs> stuff. Um, so like, yeah, things that are just beyond your comprehension. You don't know what they do. It was like science from like the old kind of. It was almost like that. That 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 level could have been a mystery science theater episode. You know, it's like in, inserting the breakfast pastry. You know, it was just nonsense, absolute nonsense science. But I love getting the orb to come out. Because I hadn't expected that. I'd seen a heart, so I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. It came out uh, doing the text-based adventure from that point on through the memories of what it saw and kind of realizing what's going on. It's an alien invasion. Well, that's what I took away from it. Is that, is it oh, yeah. And then at the end, the thing is the humans have captured them and hurt them. And not realize that it's a kind of hive mind mentality. 
because there's a point where you're saying, oh, you walk in and you see it hurting you. And they're like, we didn't hurt it. How does it know this? And because they're not thinking of it as an entity that shares all its like minds. And so once we release it, then they all come to attack, right? Yeah, because you're like the controller as well. It's like, that's that's great. And the text-based one, you're like, what's this? This one's woken up. Like, And you're like, okay, get out of bed. And like, he's getting out, he's moving, you know, like, exit like he's leaving the war and it's like oh wow i'm controlling everyone it's like that that was awesome such a good kind of little twist to that that part of the chapter the problem i have with all the text-based stuff and you've touched on this already is for a modern game yeah i get that you wanted to keep it authentic but you're also putting in kind of caveats and disclaimers of how a text-based game should be played for a modern audience but yet you didn't up, upgrade anything or update anything it's like it's still like why does um why doesn't unlock door work but use key does and i found that with the second text based game in this one where it was like you see a silhouette of a of a figure it's like talk to figure no talk to man no talk to person no you've actually got to type in talk to silhouette like i mean really could you not have just put the extra effort in to like make it a little bit easier like i i do remember how you had to be pinpoint accuracy with your text-based commands but it is 2016 could we not upgrade this a little bit to have a room for a, a little kind of margin of error so that would be my only gripe with the like the text-based parts um but yeah the silhouette i was stuck on that silhouette for ages like, it felt like ages it was 10 minutes maybe but i just couldn't talk to that i, I knew what i had to do but Eventually, and I think I spelled silhouette wrong the first time, so I I, I skipped on that the next time. So that's what we need is a spell <laughs> a spell checker. checker. Yeah, part two was was awesome, um, but part three for me was my favorite. I really like part three. So part three is where you're in some sort of really cold. You're in Greenland. In Greenland, okay. Yeah. And you have a monitor with a kind of receiver attached to it and then off to the left which is beautiful is a microfish machine right and i love that because this is one of those things that i remember people using but by the time i would have ever needed to use them internet is <laughs> so much easier <laughs> but using it felt very intuitive and very natural once you realized what all the buttons and levers did which I did not. I just went, what does this one do? Now, the, the turning it was not the best control. It worked fine on keyboard. I, when, when I did that, I had no problems on keyboard and mouse. It must have been a I, controller issue. No, I, I don't think you could use controller in this game. Oh, did you have to use keyboard and mouse mm. for this? Ah, okay. I didn't have any issues with, 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 you mean with like spinning it. Yeah, because it seemed to spin it really fast. Ah. And so... Sometimes that, that was a bit tricky to get it back to where I wanted it again. Uh, but the zooming in and then the focus and then the little uh, lever that could move it around the screen as you needed to. I like that. It just felt so real and yeah. it worked so well. I love that manual. You have to flip through so many pages of code and do what it says. And then there's the appendices at the back, which do other things. So you had to deal with Morse code at one point. You had to deal with a flowchart at one point. Yeah. And 
just the the idea of grabbing these frequencies to find the message and then using that to kind of follow the code it's not overly difficult but it felt real yeah i was going to say real is the word you're looking for there it was laborious but it wasn't boring and yeah it just felt real to me i loved that level i loved it as i said even in the game i think one of the people you were talking to says anybody can do it you just need to follow the manual so you need the manual and it's true so like you said it's not a difficult puzzle but it feels like you're actually doing something it still feels challenging in the fact that you have to go find it you have to put the pieces together and they did a really good job of going from an easier one to harder ones where you have to go back to the original like code that you put in and you have to put in like the and, last number from yeah. that code or you know it, type in the variables like x equals this y equals this but where this one really shocked me was getting to leave the room yeah those full first person cuz all of a sudden in the first two chapters you're stuck there you are going nowhere and then all of a sudden i'm walking on this snowy path and uh was this before or after creature started jumping on the roof it was directly after. Yeah. So I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, if I was going to see something, if I was going to get attacked. I had no idea. Like This, this level kind of worried me as well because I just recently played Conarium and that's a lot of that is set on like an Arctic station and it's kind of Cthulhu monster story, I guess. And so I was just waiting to get jumped by some crazy tentacled monster. Um, but yeah, when that thing landed on the roof, I jumped out of my chair and I said, oh no, now, now they want me to go outside. Of course. Thanks guys. But yeah, there's nothing happens. You go and switch on a generator and that's it. But like you said, this is a giveaway because your character from the experiment room is called Asian. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. in this, they talk to you and your name is Asian. It's like, wow. So I was doing that and now I'm stationed in the Arctic. I must have done something really bad. It's where I started to go mentally wondering why did they do that? That must be on purpose. But I still I still had no idea what was going on at this point. With this the whole chapter, I think I texted you about this as well and I said, I really wish they could make like a kind of Black Watchman type puzzle game like this. That has mixes first person elements where you move around from A to B. Because let's face it, this was pretty much not. I'm not going to say it was a Black Watchman puzzle, but it was a style of that style of puzzles where you had to use ciphers and books and basically looking. If if you if they didn't have the manual, you'd be looking it up on Wikipedia. You know, to have like a self-contained bubble where you've got all the information you need, but you also get to walk around. And move around that would be a really cool puzzle game i think they could build an entire game off of level three and i well maybe it wouldn't be for everyone but i would certainly buy it you know i think i would enjoy it more than i did black watchman i think part of the problem i have black watchman was that we had to keep going out of the game and it kept ruining the immersion this game didn't do that. This game, everything is right there at your fingertips. So, I mean, so you and you've got aliens there. jumping on the roof. You've got all the drama, all the suspense. Yeah, and it's all it's all contained. It's all self-contained. Yeah. You don't have that ridiculous voice actor. <laughs> Dokes. <laughs> um, but yeah, great level. And yeah, very cool. 
I think I just loved it for how, again, real it felt. Like it just felt like being stuck in this research area. And I enjoyed that. But I think for me, I was wondering if this still had to do with the aliens from the second one. When I had the same name, that made me think that the aliens had attacked and this is kind of the last bastion of hope for some reason that we're out here. It's too cold for them to survive here or, or something along those lines. So I was a bit disappointed when we get to chapter four. Yeah, chapter four for me, it's yeah, it's the weakest. Like I said, it's not going to ruin the entire game for me, but I wish they'd done something else. So chapter four, uh, in case there are people who played it a long time ago, haven't played it again in a while. Um, chapter four is essentially walking into, well, we're well, in a hotel, right? Or no. We're in a hospital. Well, how does it start, though? That's what we were talking about before. So we get the intro scene. So we get the intro scene, but beautifully, this I will give them, beautifully, the opening credits are interrupted. They're kind of paused, and we are pulled out of it. We're in a hospital, and we are a patient. Yeah. You watch too much of that show. (laughs) And they say, oh, you really need to talk. You need to open up. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, I've been through some sort of trauma. I didn't know at this point exactly what I had done. I think you could start to suspect if you remember what happened before. I did try to space my play out a little bit. I think if you played it straight through, it'd be even more obvious. But they really screwed it up for me when... I I like the concept of going back through the previous chapters and their mechanics... And having that kind of relate to the story, I I don't really think this story is unique enough to really make me like it. But I like that concept. There's a better concept, though, which we'll discuss at the end. But I did like that, but they should not have gone to three first. Because in three, what you have to do first is look at a police report, which gives you the whole story. It tells you exactly everything that's happened. Oh, that's right, because they put you back into the Arctic Station again, don't they? And in the report, it says, oh, there was a drunken driver, and there was a sister who was killed, and like there's all this stuff. And some of this stuff is flat out, you need the answers in order to move on in the game in order to progress. And I forget, what was the audio that we got at that point? Do you remember? When you put in the code, is it a police report or is it the doctor trying to talk to us? I don't remember, actually. Sorry. Yeah, see, I don't remember either. We basically get all the information. So then for the rest of Chapter 4, I just feel like I'm going through the motions. I'm not really happy going through the motions at this point. The In particular, the when we get to chapter one again and I'm trying to do everything to stop the, the terrible thing from happening, but you can't. And this is when you were playing, you were sending me messages, um, pretty much saying that same thing. You were trying to break the game in some way or do something different, but it won't let you. So, and I don't like that kind of protagonist. It's like, I don't want to be the bad guy. Stop. Don't make me be the bad guy. That's what telltale games are for. Well, were. Were. Um, By the time this comes out. (laughs) It may be okay timing for that. But I I don't 
like that. I I particularly don't like a lot of times books that are written in first person if they are recollections. Because the thing is, if it's a recollection of something that has already happened and they're in danger, well, we know they're going to make it out. This is a big problem for me with the Walking Dead television series that they do this a lot where they will start at the beginning of an episode some point in the future and then you go back. But you know whoever you saw at the beginning is going to live. So there's no kind of feeling of tension there. Yeah, you're just waiting to see how how does it play out that way. And that's pretty much this one. I could have just gone straight through. I could have done it very quickly. But I wanted to see if there was something more. And in this game, there really isn't. At least not from what I found. So any sort of exploration at this point, any sort of trying to deviate from the main story, is mostly just met with, you can't do that. And it, it doesn't feel fun anymore and the thing is it offers you so, but it does offer you opportunities like you meet your mother she's got a huge jug of coffee it's like yes drink the coffee don't get into the car after you've drank a bottle of whiskey at least drink some coffee but you don't want the coffee it's like well give the keys to your sister no you're gonna drive oh eat like, some of the food oh no the food has been picked to the bone yeah. all of a sudden when like the previous scene it said Oh, nobody's touched the food. Go to your room. You let us go upstairs last time. Why can't we go up to up to our beds this time? Go to the bathroom. Splash water in your face. No, your sister's <clears> waiting. No, your sister's waiting to die. Yeah. <laughs> she can wait. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, even with this game, this is one thing. If they did want to keep it authentic, they missed this opportunity. Because I wrote down a lot of expletives in this part. Like, But it's just like, I don't understand what that means. It's like, well... In 1980, you did. Like, you're like, that's a rude word. How could you say that to me? But yeah, it's like, I don't, I really don't like that. It's like in Fallout, I never, I never have a bad character. And I could never play a bad character in Mass Effect. And now you're forcing me to play a bad character. Did they really have to have the main character as a drunk driver? Like, could we not just have the trauma in some other way? Or could we not just be in a coma trying to find our way back to reality and this is a, a, a bunch of sessions like to find our way through the, the labyrinth of our brains like why did you have to make me to be such an ass like bleep that out <laughs> um but really that's what it is it's like i don't want to be an ass we are we are but we as a character in this game we are turned into that because the parents seem utterly shocked that we made it into college i think yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, you finally not messed up for once in your life and then have to immediately mess up again. I don't know. This is a story that just feels like it's been overdone at this point. It's used a lot. And when you give us all the answers, when you give us all the story at the beginning, then it just kind of ruins it. So I would say I absolutely love chapters one, two, three, chapter four. I'm not sure if I ever even really want to play it again. I'd play chapters one, two, and three again. So let's talk about what we would rather see. Because we both enjoyed it. We both thought this is a really good game. We both referenced this feels a bit like Black Mirror. But that led us to kind of a, a realization of a game that we would like to see. Yeah, so it was it was when you're like typing that into the computer. It's like, just say it's your fault. Say it's your fault. And then, yeah, I get it. I don't want, I don't want to be the bad guy. I don't want to be the bad guy. But I love watching episodes of Black Mirror where they're 
often really, really, really grey areas and sometimes the person that you're actually trying to support turns out to be the bad guy or the bad guy, oh sorry, or the good guys just lose and it's like, that's dark and gritty and I, I can watch that, just don't make me play that. But maybe there is a market for that because, yeah, it's like, why are we not making games like this for adults who watch like all these shows now that we have, like Black Mirror, um, even things like like, like the, the Twilight Zone and things like that. There's, there's, there has to be a market for this kind of game. And I would take it just a step further and to say that what I really like is the idea that for me, if they hadn't done chapter four, they could have come back in with more stories sure. that were totally separate. And it could have been just an ongoing series, stories untold. Season one, this is season one. Episode one, two, three would have been great as a season one. And they're all individual and they don't have to be connected. Most of Black Mirror doesn't really have to be connected if you don't want it to be. And I like that. I like that so much better, I think, than often getting these chapter games where you maybe buy one chapter at a time or like me, always wait until all the chapters are out. And are old enough to go on sale. <laughs> but oftentimes, their one chapter doesn't feel like enough. And I would be just really irritated waiting for yeah, the Yeah, because that's the caveat. When you buy it, it's like, here's the cliffhanger for episode two. And then you're waiting three or four months for episode two. So now you got to, when episode two comes out, you got to play episode one again. And then, then you play episode two. And it's like, no, this, like what we've just said about Stories Untold, it's like, yeah, season uh, episode one, there's your story. So two, different story. They're all an hour apiece. We watch TV shows that are an hour and we're satisfied by the end of them. Why are we not doing this? It's like Charlie Brooker is a gamer. You know, he's done game documentaries. He has he, he had a game documentary TV show kind of thing that he talked to other people. Dara O'Brien is a gamer. I don't know. You know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, comedian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Dara Breen is a big gamer. He did a he he's done some gaming kind of um, like TV shows like about history of games and stuff. They're popular in media, right? Yeah, big popular people. Charlie Brooker is a huge writer. I mean, he wrote seasons one and two. You know, he's a good writer and he's a gamer. It's like, come on, man, Charlie. You, this is, the ball the ball is now in your court. You, you need to get up and start writing for games because that's your passion. Like. You could do some amazing stuff with this medium. And this is then, let's face it, this is what Black Mirror is all about. This It's about technology. And this is what I would like to see, is I would like to see it not necessarily be connected. So they could be individual stories, and you could get clunker ones in there. Yeah, right? exactly. They're yeah. ones that don't quite work. Yeah. But then it's not. it doesn't matter what you see next, because you, you know the next one is not any way connected to that. It's like the next one might be great. Yeah. Why are we not doing this? I think it's something that feels a bit untapped and I would like to see more of I would like to see more games that are short and complete entities in and of themselves. So that we don't have to play forty hours to get a decent story, especially when a lot of times the gameplay is just padding the story and there's really not much story there. We get a five minute story, but you spend forty hours to get the five minute yeah, story. Chopping wood for three hours, yeah. This is very story-driven, it's very short, but after each of the first three chapters, I felt that I'd had an experience. Exactly. And that's what I'm looking for. 
And so, yeah, I totally agree. I think more individual Black Mirror style single episode stories. I mean, you could release them like this in chunks of three, or you could do one a month. This is the type of thing that I could see myself actually wanting to subscribe to if I found a good one, if I found a good series that I wanted to follow. Why can't we have a series of games the way that Netflix works? Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's what I was thinking. It's like, I would happily pay, I mean, what's a Netflix subscription? 12 bucks a month. Obviously, there's a huge amount of content, but I mean, let's just say they said it was $3 a month and you paid for the year. So that's whatever that is, 36, 36 bucks. But every every uh, every month we're going to release a title that will take you about two hours to complete or maybe three hours to complete. And you pay for the season and it's high quality, well-written, interactive stories like that are all separate entities. And you're not like, so if you do, like you said, if you get one that's a clunker and you're like, oh man, that was rubbish. Sure, okay, the next one is written by this person. He did this show, you know, maybe source different writers to do different episodes, play around with it. But I even did some digging on this to have a look. Um, It costs, one episode of Black Mirror is about $2.5 million. Yeah, that was my face as well. The entire budget for Stories Untold was 50000 I mean... I think you'd likely step it up a little bit you'd get more oh, voice I mean, actors and maybe more animation the games might get a bit more complicated sure right? but i mean if you can come out with a four hour game of four different well not four different stories but four hours four one hour stories for 50 grand from start to finish well 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 done i mean the even the reason that the cover art of um, stories untold is so familiar to us from stranger things is because it was actually made by they actually contacted Kyle Lambert, who did the poster for Stranger Things. And they were like, we really liked your work. Can you do the cover for our game? And he did. That's probably where 49000 of the budget went. <laughs> but yeah, it's like $2.5 for one episode of Black Mirror. They did this for fifty grand, And yeah, of course, they might step up their game. But for fifty grand, they did a great job. And it's like, if, if you can make that for 50000 like there's got to be money to be made. So shut up and take my money. Like, that's it. There you go. Like, just, that's what the video for this episode is going to be. It's just going to be a picture of, what's the shut up and take my money guy from Futurama? Fry. This is, yeah, that, that's what this episode's thumbnail is going to be. It's just going to be Fry's face with a fistful of cash. Like, seriously, shut up and take my money. Come on, Charlie. Get to work. <laughs> Why, are <you>? Why? <laughs> Why are you singling him out? Yes. I agree that he's very clever and I would like to see more of a game that he wrote, but I'm sure he's quite busy. I'm sure he is, yeah. I mean, Sorry, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he's sitting at home doing nothing. He's still uh, doing the wipe, I take it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and probably working on the next season of Black Mirror. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't, don't be too mean to Charlie. We um, like him very much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the, other, the other thing was that I just recently have also finished Soma. And Soma is another one of these games that there's not a lot of action. You walk around and pick up stuff and interact with stuff. But it's mostly, it's all story driven. And it's 
creepy and it's, it's got really dark horror elements to it. But these are just great examples of how it's not really about the game anymore, or it doesn't have to always be about the game. The story and just making it believable and making it real. Like, if you can make listening to a radio and then like giving you instructions to go to this page to look at pictures and translate the code, and that feels like fun. Like, if you can do all these things to make things real, that's the magic. That's that's where that's where it all comes from. And yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Delete all that. <laughs> Stories untold. I liked it. I would definitely play chapter one to three again. I would like to see another season, but it wouldn't have to follow the same story. In fact, I think it'd be wise if they made it Stories Untold Season 2 a totally, completely different story. I agree. I would buy it. And I wouldn't wait for it to be on a 99% sale this time. Because, I mean, like you said, the base is 10 bucks. Like, if they can charge that, and that was their business model, like, we need to charge $10 to make our money back, you know? Yeah, that's great. That's a great value. Like, now that I know what they can do, I'm sitting up and pay, paying attention now to no code. So in the next game that they release... I, if the price is right, I'll be all over it. Gaps filled or more gaps created. 